Chapters twenty five and twenty six of the Turnpike House by Fergus Hume. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter twenty five The Red Pocket Book. What is the matter, child? asked Mrs. Marshall sharply. But Ruth could not answer. She sat with the red pocket book in her lap, gazing upon it as though it were a viper. Aunt Inez repeated her question impatiently, then, surprised at her niece's silence, she crossed the garret. Her eyes fell at once on the red book, and for a few seconds no word was spoken. Then, at last, Ruth made a remark, and made it in a hushed voice, as though she feared it might be heard by others than the frozen woman before her. "'It was not produced at the trial,' was what she said, looking at her aunt. Mrs. Marshall might have been a granite image for all the movement she made. Her face was like snow, her eyes fixed as though they were in a cataleptic state. And so she was, for the moment, only when Ruth, who was the first to recover herself, made a motion to rise, did she shew any signs of life. She sighed deeply and removed her eyes from the book. "'I will show it to my father,' said the girl, whereat her aunt changed suddenly into a creature of fire. She snatched at the pocket-book and had it in her grasp before Ruth could close her fingers upon it you will show it to no one she said thrusting it into her pocket i forbid you to say a word tell me how it came to be here and i will consider if it is right for me to be silent i will explain nothing girl what demon brought you here and shewed you that book i came up here to look for it i have been searching for over an hour you came in and found it in a few minutes it is fate fate aunt inez ruth drew back until she was standing up against the wall you oh no you did not did not kill the man mrs marshall shrugged her shoulders her colour and her courage coming back to her almost as she spoke you are at liberty to think so if you like i will not contradict you no indeed i have other things to do will you contradict my father i forbid you to tell your father of this i must i will know the truth of this matter there is an innocent woman in jail for an innocent woman interrupted her aunt with contempt oh yes very innocent she paused and looked at ruth come downstairs she said as you have found what i wanted we need not remain here you knew that this book was hidden here yes i have known it for years why did you not produce it at the trial that is my business how did it come into your possession ah that i refuse to tell you think me guilty if you like it is evident you want to smirch our family name but i have had enough of this nonsense you must hold your tongue to all persons save my father i must tell him and i will i forbid you it is no use your forbidding me i tell my father he has the honour of the family quite as at heart as you have and he is the man to decide what should be done you will tell yes i am going straight home to tell all the eyes of the two women met and for a moment there was a duel of wills then ruth with her more youthful fire got the upper hand her aunt turned away you are bringing me into great danger she said but have it your own way tell your father aunt you did not kill the man think so if you like mrs marshall passed out of the garret 
ruth remained a moment to recover her self-control which had been sorely shaken by this extraordinary conversation then she also went down the stairs to the inhabited portion of the house mrs marshall was not to be seen and on inquiring of the servant ruth learnt that she had locked herself in her bedroom and refused to see any one in this dilemma there was nothing left for the girl but to go home which she proceeded to do feeling sick at heart on the way to hollyoaks a sudden thought struck her suppose her aunt was guilty suppose she had shut herself in her room to commit suicide if she had not been almost at the gates of the park when this occurred to her she would have run back but the best thing she could do now was to see her father and implore him to go to aunt inez at once she felt there was no time to be lost and ran up the avenue as quickly as she could the window of the library which opened on to the terrace was ajar so taking this as a short cut she ran up the steps on to the terrace and flung herself into the room with a white and haggard face ruth what is the matter ruth cried mr cass and sprang forward just in time to catch her in his arms for a minute or so she could not speak but when speech did come the words poured out in a torrent aunt inez she cried i went to see her she was in the garret there i found the red pocket-book jenner's book which was stolen she will not say if she killed him yet she knew that the book was in the garret oh see her at once father at once she has locked herself in her bedroom i believe that she will kill herself and the excited girl burst into tears of exhaustion and terror mr cass said nothing but put her into a chair indeed he did not know what to say or even what to think for he felt completely stunned he had suspected marshall but never inez even now he did not believe that she could ever have brought herself to commit such a crime go go cried ruth wringing her hands aunt inez you may be too late she will kill herself i know she will no fear of that said her father recovering himself somewhat she is not the woman to give up the fight in that way inez no she never killed that beast never but father the red pocket-book she will be able to explain how she came by it she has a temper and it's fierce enough when she is roused but she would not go so far as that as to committing suicide she has no reason for doing that if she is innocent i hope she is oh i hope she is wailed ruth distracted with terror her father saw that the girl was thoroughly overwrought in her present state of mind everything would be exaggerated he intended to go at once and learn the truth from his sister but he could not leave ruth in this plight before he went he must soothe her so pulling himself together no easy task at his age for he had received a severe shock he sat down beside the terrified girl and took her hand firmly in his own see here child he said however that book got into marshall's hands your aunt had nothing to do with it she did not she could not have killed jenner i know it because she was in this house on the night and at the time of the murder then if she is innocent why didn't she tell me so well you know what she is no doubt she was angry to think you should conceive her capable of such a crime she will tell me all she knows if she has any knowledge which i am inclined to doubt but i want you to understand ruth that your aunt is innocent and that her innocence can be proved by me under these circumstances she will not commit suicide as you appear to think i will go over and see her at once and i shall doubtless have a reassuring report to give you when i return but you must promise not to worry while i am away 
and above all things ruth do not tell any one of this there may be trouble i will say nothing nothing panted the girl pressing her hands against her beating heart and indeed father i did not meddle with the matter again the discovery was thrust upon me you can trust me indeed you can and you will not make yourself ill with expecting the worst no no i promise i will go to my room and lie down that's a good girl and i will walk over at once ride ride you don't know what may happen nothing bad at all events yes i will ride now go to your room dear and leave me to attend to this yes father she said faintly she had the utmost belief in his capability of arranging the situation but kiss me before you go i am i am rather frightened believe me there is no need for that said mr cass with an attempt at a smile there is your kiss now go mr cass reviewed the whole situation as he rode over to his sister's house he reflected that marshall must have told his wife about the bill for that and the book were so to speak inseparable in a word thought mr cass as he dismounted at the door and gave his horse to a groom marshall did not kill the man himself but he knows who did but i'll make inez tell the truth in some way this is no time to consider her feelings following the servant he went into the stone-coloured drawing-room and found his sister waiting to receive him she was dressed in black without a scrap of white to relieve her funereal aspect i did not expect you to come so soon sebastian she said in her rich voice but i knew you would come sooner or later i could hardly help coming after what ruth told me her brother was surprised at her composure what did she tell you that the red pocket-book belonging to jenner had been found by her in this house to be particular the garret said mrs marshall pointing to the table there it is he looked at it with repugnance and touched it gingerly then he opened it glanced at the name and laid it down with a sigh there was no doubt it had been jenner's property the name was clear enough how did it come into your possession he asked sharply that is not an easy question for me to answer yet it can be answered and must be answered how do you know that i will comply with your must she asked with scorn oh i know you are hard to drive but in this case you must speak out i have the means to make you that is if you have any regard for your husband you know how i love him little as he deserves it you are talking of the bill oh don't look so astonished frank told me of his conversation with you it was by my advice that he went away inez is it possible you can love so base a creature mrs marshall sighed to you sebastian i will say things i will not say to any other person little as we love one another still we are brother and sister i know you would do much for me i would do anything for you inez blood is stronger than water after all and you can speak freely to me your honour is my honour i can hold my tongue speak out freely he repeated i will she said and gave him the kindest look that had been in her eyes for many a long year you know how madly in love i was with frank when i married him it was not love it was infatuation i believed him to be the most perfect and the most misunderstood man in the whole world i blamed you for getting him out of the business and i thought to repair your wrong by marrying him well i did 
and then what happened i can guess the scales fell from your eyes they did within six months for even then he deceived me yes after all i had done for him i had made him rich i had but that comes later on in the story suffice it to say that i soon found out that i had married a faithless brute why did you not get rid of him i would have helped you she cast a look around the dismal room and smiled strangely because i had committed a sin i came to look upon frank as the cross laid upon me for the expiation of that sin good heavens inez you don't mean to say you killed jenner no what nonsense am i talking you were in bed on that night i did not kill jenner she said calmly nevertheless i had committed a sin you shall hear all in good time well i took frank as my cross and put up all these years with his infidelities and drunkenness and wickedness i behaved to him as though i still loved him i have deceived every one you certainly deceived me for one said mr cass bluntly i thought you still loved the creature loved him why i hated him with all my soul it was only my religious principles and my desire to expiate my sin that made me tolerate him in heaven's name what is your sin i'll tell you soon enough she said but do not be afraid i have not dipped my hands in blood let me tell my story in my own way it is not easy for me to tell it at all i only do so now in order to avert worse trouble knowing her obstinacy her brother saw that it was useless to protest go on he said leaning back in his chair have your own way i often wish we had kept to our mother's faith continued mrs marshall she was of the true church and catholicism is such a comforting religion one has a confessor that would have done me good i have often longed to confess and relieve my mind why did you not confess to me i had no reason for making you my confidant sebastian she said icily well i was of the protestant faith and could not confess so i had to bear my own sorrow as best i could frank tried me at times with his dreadful ways but i had a whip to manage him what was the whip asked mr cass struck by the fact that she used almost the same phrase that he had used to her husband i will tell you shortly but i mortified my flesh in every way look at this house you know how i love pretty things and yet i spent my life in the midst of these horrors i am fond of see here inez broke in her brother i want to know about this pocket-book you can tell me your feelings later chapter twenty six the penance of inez sebastian's abrupt interruption of his sister's enthusiastic confession was as a douche of cold water on glowing iron the iron forthwith cooled that is to say mrs marshall from flesh and blood became stone again of course i will tell you all you wish to know she said in even tones with about as much feeling as might have been expected from a cuckoo but since you will not let me tell my story in my own way i think it is best that you should put your own questions then i shall know precisely what you do want don't be angry entreated her brother but tell me all for the sake of the family where did you learn that frank had committed forgery at the wagoner's pond mr cass started from his seat and stared down at his sister in surprise he remembered what marshall had told him about that appointment at the wagoner's pond what he cried 
were you out on the night of the murder did you overhear the conversation between marshall and jenner oh it was jenner was it she said quite composedly well i guessed as much though i could never be quite sure didn't your husband tell you that he had met him by the wagoner's pond she looked up with scorn and contempt frank never told me anything but what was wrung out of him by fear besides we did not speak of these things like him i preferred to let sleeping dogs lie her brother had taken his seat again and deep in thought paid little attention to what she was saying i thought you were in bed on that night with a headache a woman's excuse she said coolly i had no headache but i had a very keen desire to find out why frank had an appointment on that night and with whom i suspected another woman you can guess her name mrs jenner ah but he did not go out to meet her cried mr cass impatiently he had an appointment with her husband i found that out later but i heard him asking one of the servants where the wagoner's pond was and if he could find it in the dark i knew then that he intended to go there that night for some purpose the name of mrs jenner was not mentioned but as she was in the neighbourhood well you know what a woman's feelings are you jumped to conclusions yes they were wrong but that did not matter at all events i was satisfied that he did not meet the woman i slipped out of a side door unknown to every one my headache was a pretext that i might be at the meeting-place had he done so i would have broken off the engagement yes much as i loved him or rather much as i was infatuated i would have broken it off at the eleventh hour had he put such an insult on me and yet you married him oh what is the use of that parrot cry she said impatiently you have already said that five or six times because i am so amazed that your pride did not come to your aid when you knew the use to which he intended to put your money to him you were not the woman he loved but the banker upon whom he intended to draw and yet i married him she said with a cold smile women are strange creatures i confess yet you always considered me proud see how mistaken you were i had more weakness than you thought me capable of possessing i was wildly madly in love with him at all events i intended to marry him and what is more i intended to get back that incriminating bill from jenner without the expenditure of a penny i saw that he had replaced it in his red pocket-book well i made up my mind that i would get that pocket-book yet you never guessed the man was jenner remarked her brother ironically i was suspicious but not certain however i did not go after jenner at once for i knew where to find him i wanted frank to be out of the way before i left my hiding-place i was behind a hedge and not alone what do you mean by that asked mr cass startled i mean what i say several times while i was crouching in the wet grass i heard the breathing of someone no great distance off well i found that other person when some time afterwards on the contrary the person threw himself in my way within half an hour after i was on my way to the turnpike house wait a moment cried mr cass with suppressed excitement i know who it was the gypsy job ah replied mrs marshall without betraying much surprise ruth told you something geoffrey did ruth had told him mrs marshall rose with a bound and pray what has mr heron to do with this matter a good deal rejoined her brother dryly you may as well sit down inez 
geoffrey is perfectly discreet he is going to marry ruth you know it will be as much to his interest as mine to keep this affair a secret well so you met this gypsy blackguard yes halfway on the road to the turnpike house in spite of the darkness and the mist he knew me in a moment instinct i suppose how could he have met you had you met him before lots of times i knew the romany dialect and used to talk to job i really wonder at you inez taking up with such scum as for ruth i'll talk to her she shall have nothing more to do with him oh as to that remarked his sister shrugging her shoulders the creature is dying he is consumptive and is drinking himself to death i have placed him in the turnpike house without mr heron's permission by the way and i allow him a small sum a week so that he may die in peace so that you may keep your secret you mean it will soon be a secret no longer job as i say knew me he told me that he had been sleeping behind the hedge near me i suppose and had been aroused by the sound of voices he recognized frank's voice for he had often spoken to him but jenner he did not know any more than i did naturally jenner was a comparative stranger in these parts go on well job had heard all about the red pocket-book and the bill i saw in a twinkling that here was the instrument i required i promised him twenty pounds if he would get me that red pocket-book inez did you send the man to murder jenner no i did not i never thought he would go so far as that and as a matter of fact job has always denied to me that he struck the blow he certainly would tell you that to save his neck well after i had made this arrangement with him and had told him that jenner was at the turnpike house i returned home i entered by the side door and slipped up to my room without any one being the wiser i certainly was not said her brother you are quite a diplomatist inez what about job's murdering mission he did not commit the murder insisted mrs marshall he came next day and brought me the pocket-book i opened it but could not find the bill then i accused job of having taken it he grinned but would say nothing you understand sebastian he had not got the bill but he wanted to have me in his power i see but you could have turned the tables on him by having him arrested for the crime no he knew of the bill of frank's disgrace i thought if he were arrested he would tell all which he certainly would have done then frank would have been prosecuted remember i thought job had the bill all these years i have believed he had it in his possession you do not know the blackmail i have paid that man he was always worrying me for money at last seeing he was ill i put him into the turnpike house and well i have told you all that but now you know why i assisted him assisted a murderer job denied that he had killed the man then how did he get the pocket-book he said that he had met jenner before he got to the turnpike house and robbed him of the book that is a lie cried mr cass and a feeble lie to boot jenner had the book when he was in that room before he was killed mrs jenner said that the book was on the table near the window and my own opinion is that the blow must have been struck through the window and the book stolen but why believe mrs jenner more than job i will tell you all the bill was in the pocket-book you yourself saw jenner put it there well he thought marshall might steal the bill so he sewed it up in the body of a toy horse with which his child was playing 
neil kept the horse and a short time ago he sent it to george who cut the animal open the bill was found and it is now in my possession so you see job could not have taken the pocket-book which contained the bill before jenner got to the house he must have murdered the man and stolen the book after the bill had been placed inside the horse but nothing of all this came out at the trial no one knew anything about it least of all mrs jenner but now you are satisfied that job committed that murder i suppose so it looks like it oh the wretch to let me think all these years that he had the bill and that he was innocent of killing the man had you no suspicion of his guilt she thought for a moment i confess i had she said after a pause but you see i had to put all such suspicions behind my back if i had denounced job i thought he would have produced the bill and ruined frank i see well here is the bill no one knows of it but heron and he will say nothing i thought of keeping it as a useful whip for your husband should he treat you cruelly but now that i find you do not care for him i think it had better be destroyed no she said putting it into her pocket i will keep it to hold over frank myself i hate him and would gladly divorce him which i could easily do but i am as proud of the family name as you are and i do not want a scandal so i shall not separate from him but now i shall know how to make him behave himself she tapped her pocket with a grim smile did you ever speak to him about the red pocket-book no he never knew i had it i put it away and afterwards sent it up to the garret where i thought it would be safe hardly any one ever goes there but myself besides if i had told frank he would have worried job about giving him the bill and heaven only knows what would have happened then no i was wrong i suppose but i acted for the best when frank told me that he had seen you and that the bill was in your possession i went up to the garret intending to find the pocket-book and destroy it then i was foolish enough to ask ruth she found it by chance and well you know the rest yes i know the rest said mr cass grimly and among other things i know that job lovell killed jenner and that the dead man's unhappy wife has been punished all these years inez i know you always hated her but would you have let her lose her life no if she had been in danger of that i would have come forward and told all i knew even at the cost of disgrace i would not have had the blood of a fellow-creature on my soul but to tell you the truth sebastian as mrs jenner did not defend herself i really believed she was guilty and job innocent he confessed to having robbed jenner she would say nothing so of the two i thought job the innocent one can you blame me partly i blame you for not having told me this long ago i always suspected your husband now i know that he is innocent and i should have known it all along seeing that he was in the house in my house when the crime was committed if you had spoken out i would have managed to get mrs jenner off in some way without exposing the whole of this dreadful story job should be punished think what that would mean to us all said his sister warningly i will contrive to evade the worst but i must have that poor woman released End of chapters twenty five and twenty six